Okay. The Gemara tells it as follows. The last line it says, Rabbi Yame Havaleahu Talmida. Rabbi Yame had a certain student to call Yom Mahabamakshele. That every day he would ask all these kashas. Okay? But But on the Shabbat of the Regal, like before the uh, the holidays, he would not ask kashas. Rashi explains, because everyone would come to the Shir. Because if he asked the kashas and he couldn't answer him, he would be embarrassed. So Davka didn't ask the kashas of the Rebbe in the time when it was a very, very public lecture. So Gemara says on the page, Kariyalei, so he called him, he said about this student, this is possible that we had yesterday, the Sam Derech, the one who places his ways, I'll see him uh, in the salvation of God, which we say, again, Visham Derech, I mean, the person able to assess sort of what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. So this guy was very like a judicious student, he really understood, you know, yes, asking Tashis is great, but also embarrassing your Rebbe, not, not great. And he was able to sort of understand the difference. Okay, the Gemara says, Tana Rabbanu, we learned it in Brayta or Tosefta as follows. In the Tzainin, we don't, we only mark, or we don't mark, excuse me, marking graves we're talking about now. Lo al kazayit bin hametva, velo al esem kisa Not for a uh, olive's bulk of a dead body, and not for a bone that's the size of a barley. Velo al davar she'eno mitamei ba'olel. Yeah. And not on something that is not mitamei ba'olel. I mean, the real concern is too much ohel. That's the concern that there will be a canopy over the person and the tumah, and they'll be coming that way. So those things that are not metame ohel, we're not going to be worried about. Avala shadra, but we do uh, put the mark for the spine. Al rov binyan for most of the skeleton, the al rov binyan hamet, and also for most of the bones. So different calculations of sort of like different things that would also be metame. So these are things that uh, you have to be concerned about. The aot, and we don't have to mark graves for things that are vadai, so and that are so clearly known. Rashi says, that's clear to everybody that is tumma. Like if it says cemetery, well, I guess that would be a tiyun. But whatever, you get the point, right? So that the idea would be like it'd be very obvious to everybody. Um but we do mark the graves when there's a suffix. Rashi points out, but it's only a suffix when they have uh, and oh hell, the Elohim has fake And these are the fake These are the situations where we're concerned about um, marking the graves. When you have sichachot, uh, like um, like schach, right, like a cover, upiraot, piraot, we'll see soon, but it's uh, like the rocks that jut out from a wall, which also sort of form a little bit of an ohel. Ubeta pras. Beta pras, we'll see soon what exactly beta pras is. Okay? Ve'en ma'amidin siyun b'makom tum'ah, shalol hafsid et taharot. And we don't set up a tziyun, a marker, in a place of tumah, so as not to dis- uh, ruin taharot. Now, Rashi says here, uh, it's right next to this, where it says, Shim mamash meaning you don't put the tziyun right where the tumah is, because if you would do that, then you wouldn't realize until you got to the point, and you're like, where's the tumah? Oh, it's right here. Shoot, now it's over. Like, I ruined it already. So that's why we don't put the tziyun right where the makam tumah is. Back in the Gemara. The in marchikin tziyun mi makam tumah. But we also don't distance the tziyun from the place of tumah too much. Shalola hafsidit Eretz Yisrael. So it's not to take away from places that people can walk around in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so that's the, that's the, uh, the long to there about how we mark the grace.
Trying to think of finances, so. uh, it sounds like it. Uh, what sounds the, like it. What's the, what would be the issue about going to Poland and Germany, those countries where they're everywhere you walk, tend to be unmarked? So that's a, that's a good question for Kohanim. The, the issue here we're talking about is again we're setting up Siyunim specifically for two reasons. Number one, I'm Chol Amoid, and number two, whatever. But that, that, that seems to be. Um, I don't know. Is it only? I wouldn't say it's only in Eretz Yisrael. I wouldn't say it's only in Eretz Yisrael. But maybe this particular, that particular element would be. But uh, that's a different question for Kohanim. How much do you really have to worry about these things? But here we're talking about specifically like setting up markers so that people will be aware. Okay. Now, the Gemara asks as follows: Ukezayit min hamed enu matami ba'ohel. Is it true that a kezayit uh, from a dead body is not matami ba'ohel? Ve'ha But we learned in the Mishnah and Olot. These are the things that are matame be'owel, right, through the canopy. Kezayid bin amet. It's a pretty straightforward that an olive bulk of, uh, of the body, of the dead body, is matame. So Amor Rapapa, Rapapa explains, Here we're dealing with the case of an exact kezayid. It's, it's precisely, it's precisely a kezayid. Why do we not put it to you in, in that thing? Even though it is matame be'owel, why do we not put it to you in a marker there? The sov sov mechsar chasar. Because in the end, what's going to happen, we all know that what would happen to that kezayid of the flesh is it's going to be diminished because it's going to uh, decompose. Mutav yisrefu alav truma v'kachim lefi sha'ah. Better for them to have to burn truma and kachim because it became tameh for the current moment. Ve'al yisrefu alav lo'olam. And not burn it forever. If you put a marker there, and there's only a kezayit, let's say, right now, well, a month from now, there'll be more kezayit, you know, mate, because, you know, it's going to be worn away. So, next whatever month, week, I don't know, two days, whoever, however long that is, will suffer the consequences that people maybe wouldn't know, and then they'll have to uh, maybe burn some truma. But the, uh, the alternative is that you have this marked area, people have accidentally come in there for years, and they're going, oh no, my truma's coming, they're burning the truma, but not, we don't have to burn the truma, because there's no more kezai mina made there, and there hasn't been for a long time. So that's, that's sort of the calculation that's being made. Okay. Here's the, 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 uh, the things that we do in the case of Safek. Sichachot, canopies. Upiraot, and piraot, which also the thing. So, Sichachot, what is Sichachot? Ilan hamesach al ha'aretz. Sichachot is a tree that covers, right, it's like a canopy, like the word Sichach, over the ground. Okay, so that's the concern that you have trees near this dead body, and that's what's going to cause it too much oil. Piraot are avanim piruot. It's like jutting out stones. Hayotzot bin hagader that stick out from the fence. But again, the fence wasn't like a picket fence; it's a stone fence. So that's what we're talking. about. Now, beta pras. How about we said beta pras is also this figure. So what's beta pras? Kidded not as we learned in a mission olot hacharish etakever. If somebody plows a grave, harehu oseb beta pras. Behold, he is making a beta pras. Okay? So that is what a beta pras is. Um, Rashi, uh, one second. Okay, the kamahu oset, how much do you make? Meloma ane mea ama. It's like a furrow's length. Okay, ama is like a furrow for a hundred amot. A hundred amot. So Rashi says here, uh, yeah. Beta pras chatsima ane telemecha shal mea ama. Yeah, it's a, it's a furrow of a hundred amot. Okay. No, the Gemara says ubeta pras mi betami bohel. So the beta pras is a is a is a term, a term that we're familiar with from Masachat Olot uh, and from Tuma. Is it really metame ba'ohel in a beta pras? Because a beta pras is where you have this very grave that's been plowed through. Ve'amar v'dam Rav Shmuel, Rav Yisrael, name of Shmuel, mina peach adam 
Beit HaPras Veholech. Funny idea. But he says what a person can do is, as he's walking through a Beit HaPras, to make sure he doesn't become Tamei or make his things Tamei, is he can blow the dirt away as he's walking. It's not, I guess you imagine like a, either like on the ground like blowing, or maybe you have some kind of contraption that can have like, like a bellows blowing it as you walk to like clear the way. So he'd be allowed to do that. But clearly you're not worried. If you're able to do that, you're clearly not worried about too much. Oh well. And they say that Beit HaPras that was Nidash, which I think means uh, completely like uh, plowed through, that would be Tahor. That would be, oh no, not Nidash, uh, Nidash, uh, Nidash would be trampled. If it was trampled, to be Tahor, meaning so you can see that there's no, uh, no bones or anything there. So you see in both of those cases that we don't seem to be concerned about um, Tumat Ohel. Don't seem to be concerned about, uh, about Tumat Ohel. Okay, so Amar Papa Lokasha, Rav Papa says, no difficulty here. Kam b'sadeh she'avad ba'kever, kam b'sadeh she'nachrash ba'kever. Two different types. One is a case where the, the kever was lost, meaning we sort of like lost the identification of the kever, okay? And this is a case where the kever was plowed through, okay? So uh, what's he saying here? That... Rashi says at the end of the small lines, b'sadeh she'avad ba'kever, katani dimetsayinin. In the case of a lost kever, we are mitzayim. We do mark it. Because that is mitzayim ba'ohel. Okay? Because it was lost. Because if there's really a grave there, if there's really a dead body there, then really it is uh, problematic. But if you have a, uh, a field that, uh, a, that a grave was plowed through, there's no need to, to mark the grave. Because we don't, uh, it's not mitzayim ba'ohel. We'll say that they plow, sort of like remove the tumah on some level. Okay. So Gemara says as follows. Is it true that a sada that was plowed through is really called the beta pras? We thought beta pras is more about like the lost kever. Gemara says, in, it actually is. Yes, that is called the beta pras too. And in fact, here's a hey, uh, uh, we say, right? It's not a questioning, uh, but it's, uh, it's a supporting. There's actually three types of beta pras. There's a lost grave. There's a sadeh that the grave is plowed through. There's a of the criers or the weepers. Okay, fine. So the Gemara says, all right, my Sadeh Bokhin. There's a lot of clarifying here, right? And this uh, Amun. So what is a Sadeh Bokhin? Rabbi Yeshua Bar Abba Mishmei Deula Mar Sadeh Shem Aftirim Bameitim. It's a field where the dead, when, when you're escorting the dead, at a certain point the, the mourners would leave the dead to like to the grave diggers, I guess, and they'd walk away. Okay, maybe not exactly like we have the practice where like everyone's at the burial or whatever. Maybe just walk away. But in that field, you sort of depart. So I guess it was natural for people to like, cry and weep while they're at that, uh, in that field. So, so why is that? What's the reason? What's the problem here in terms of tuma? Rabim says it's because of the yush of the baalim. The, 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 the baalim give up. What does that mean? Rashi says on the fourth wide line here. The concern is because this is really kind of like graphic, but because they sort of brought the body from far away, maybe by that time some type of limb like fell off the body. Okay, we no longer be connected. And so they were like, they were mitya'esh. And they just like, leave, they like ah, just leave it. And they just have sort of left these like, you know, like limbs in the in this field. So that's the concern. We call it a sadeh beta pras. Because there's a concern that there could be two mother because you have these like random like limbs from dead bodies that kind of just like randomly fell off or whatever and are no, now not identifiable, I guess. So that seems to be the concern there. Okay. 
Last my place here. This, the Gemara then asks, this sadeh is it true that, as we said before, that the sadeh that requires its tziyun is the one that is the kever's lost? How about the one where it's plowed over? It doesn't require a tziyun, doesn't require a marker. We learned in the Friday Tosefta, matzah sadeh mitzuyana, let's say you find a field and it's marked tumah. We don't know what the nature of the tumah is. Yeshba ilanot, if there's trees in that field, then you know that there was a field, excuse me, a grave that was plowed through. Because I guess they'd allow trees to be to be planted there, because you're not going to worry about too much uh, ohel. If there's no uh, if there's no trees, you know it's a place where the kever was lost. But either way. Well, let's uh, oh, so let's give one more opinion. He says, no, you can't rely on just a tree thing. You have to have a zakain or a talmid, someone who sort of knows what the deal is there. They can properly identify. But what you see either way is that both types of um, beta pras would be marked. That's the idea, right? You can have a marker for that other type of beta pras as well. So Amor Papa, Rav explains, Kitanya hi bisadeshe ababa. Okay, really what that verse is talking about is a case where it was the field where the kever was lost, as we talked about before. Did Sainua, that's what they marked it. Yesh ba ilanot, but if there's ilanot there, biadur shenach rash ba kever, im ba ilanot biadur shabad ba kever. So if, but if, uh, if there are trees, then you know that they, um, it was uh, plowed through. So one second. Rashi says, Yesh ba ilanot biadur shenach rash, the achar should Sainua. Okay, meaning that after they marked it, then it got plowed through. That's the idea. So originally, the marking was only for the sadeh where, where the kever was lost. But once they marked it, it could be also possibly be that they then plowed it through, and that's when you might have trees there. Okay? So then the Gemara says, Maybe I'd be concerned that the ilanot are inside, meaning inside this field, and the kever maybe is right outside. Rashi says, Maybe the place of Tuma outside, outside the, the, where the trees are, wasn't plowed. So maybe it really is, a, maybe fine, they put some trees there because part of it was plowed, but maybe part of it wasn't plowed, and then you have these trees, and you can have these uh, trees which are, uh, which are ma'ahil, Right, they're like a, serving as a canopy over this tumah. So our answer is Amar Ula al Hagvulin, al Hagvulin. Ula pointed out that we're talking about these trees that are on the border, meaning the border of a field and a town. So here too, it would be on the border of the field and the town. So there's no possibility that the grave was in the town. That would be, that's not what people did. People always put the graves outside the town. So if, it, if it's in the middle of the field, so to speak, you wouldn't really know. But if it's the edge of a field where there's a town right, near, right next door, right next to it, then you wouldn't have that particular concern. This con- this conversation continues on to Amid Aleph, above Amid Aleph, but we'll stop here for now.